lotus feet of the spiritual master are the abode of pure devotional service. I bow down to those lotus feet with great care and attention. My dear brother, O oh mind, it is through the grace of the spiritual master that we cross over this material existence and obtain Krishna. Make the teachings from the lotus mouth of the spiritual master one with your heart and do not desire anything else. Attachment to the lotus feet of the spiritual master is the best means of spiritual advancement. By his mercy, all desires for spiritual perfection are fulfilled. He who has given me the gift of transcendental vision is my Lord, birth after birth. By his mercy, divine knowledge is revealed within the heart, bestowing prema bhakti and destroying ignorance. The Vedic scriptures sing of his character. souls you are the teacher of everyone in the life of all people oh master be merciful unto me and give me the shade of your lotus feet may your glories now be proclaimed throughout the three worlds we're back with the book club we took a little break for Nityananda Trayodashi and it's so nice to be back here reading our favorite book the Glorious Life of Narottam Das Thakur by Sitala Dasi, Rasa's mom. And we are so grateful that you're here with us, Rasa, uh, reading together. It's always nice to either have the author or the author's daughter reading with you. <laughs> and um, I, I was thinking about um, an experience I had a year ago. We were climbing the tallest peaks in, in Spain, uh, Picos de Europa, that's how they're known. And I, as I was watching that footage, I was thinking, imagine what it would have been like to adventure with Narottam Das Thakur, just to travel all over India. It would have been a similar experience to what we did in, in Los Picos, except Narottam Das Thakur would have been there. <laughs> so we, we sort of, we're going through nature. And it's interesting because I was listening to uh, Kadamba Kanana Swami give a class the other day. And he was talking about how the Holy Dham, these spiritual places of pilgrimage, um, over, over the past couple of sessions, we've read about how Nartam has gone to Vrindavan, he's gone to Navadweep, he's gone to Jagannath Puri. So these places, these Dhams, the Lord is always present there, no matter what. Uh, but these other places of pilgrimage out in nature, in the mountains, they only become places.
places of pilgrimage if our consciousness is so. Just as a building can become a place of pilgrimage if we install Krishna, the deity there, and Kirtan goes on. So similarly, I can just imagine uh, all these little adventures that we have throughout our lives. Imagine having Nartam Das Thakur there and just making it fully Krishna conscious. Um, so yeah, I am so, so happy to continue reading about Nartam Das Thakur's life. We're about halfway. And at this point, I'm going to ask Rasa to recap everything <laughs> or, or just the little sweet moments up until this moment. Okay, well, just uh, a brief recap of what's happened so far. We began with Chaitanya having an amazing kirtan party and placing his love into the Padmavati River. And then we had Narita Blastaku's birth and his little adventures as a child, which culminated in him taking baths in Padmavati and receiving that love of Rochitanyas. And as a consequence, him losing his mind, so to speak, <laughs> with Gora Prem and his bodily complexion changing color and his entire being, being suffused with love. So from that point, all he wanted to do was go to Vrindavan, which his parents were not keen on, <laughs> but eventually he escaped and he ran across India, basically, to Vrindavan. He got to meet several of his heroes. Um, Jiva Goswami tutored him. He took initiation from Lokananda Goswami. And then he and his two best friends, Shamananda Srivas, set out with the Goswami's books, the entire store of literature, six Goswamis, and they set across to Bengal. Uh, in the process, lost the books and recovered them, but he carried on, went to Kateri, uh, his back home to where, where he was born, and started preaching there. And I think we are just at the point where he carried on to have a pilgrimage in Navadu, and then is moving on towards Jagannathpuri. All right, is that where we are? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. Naritam travels north to Nishimhapur where happily he was reunited with his dear friend Shamananda. Narutam was delighted to find that Shamananda was meeting with great success in his preaching. A few joyous days later, Narutam continued his journey. In Sri Kanda, Narutam was greeted by Sri Raghunanda Thakur and taken to meet Mahaprabhu's dear associate, Sri Narahari Sagar Thakur. Though aged and usually absorbed in a solitary trance of remembering Mahabharu, Sri Narahari was overwhelmed with joy to meet Narata. The other devotees of Sri Kanda also gathered eagerly to greet Narata, and they took him for darshan of the Sri Garanga Titi. The next morning, as Narata was about to depart, Sri Narahari Kapur bid him farewell, saying, I am so happy I had the chance to see you. In his absence, Mahaprabhu will distribute love of God through you. Many fallen souls will take shelter of you and will spread the Lord's ecstatic message by manifesting a new type of kirtan. Don't worry about anything. All your desires will be fulfilled by Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Then, 
his face becoming gray. Narahari Thakur said, Ah, how peaceful I feel to look on your face. I shall not have this opportunity a second time. Unable to bear this sad thought, Narasam fell at the feet of Thakur's feet, tears streaming down his face. As he rose, the other devotees offered their farewell. Inca Chakra Narutam next passed through Katwa, where Sri Chaitanya had shaved off his beautiful locks and accepted the renounced order of life from Keshava Bharati. Then he went to Ekachakra, Sri Nityananda Puri's birthplace. Meditating on the lotus feet of Nitai, Narutam walked quickly towards that ancient town where the Pandavas had lived during their exile and where Bhima had slain the wicked Baba. Approaching the village, Narasam felt new energy when he was touched by the breeze rustling through the people trees that lined the road. At the outskirts of Megachakra, an old, lame Brahmana approached Narasam. What is your name? he asked, and where have you come from? Narasam felt a strange affinity with the old man, as if he already knew him. I am Narasam, he answered, and I stay in Ketur on the other side of the Pandavasa. I have been on pilgrimage in Godamangala and Jagannath Puri for some time. Now I have come here to see the sacred places where Sri Nityananda performed his pastimes. The old Brahmana's eyes twinkled. Well, come along then, he said happily. I know everything about this place. I'll show you around. Unaccountably attracted to the wrinkled old man, and pleased to have a guide, Narasam followed him into the village. And at a small clump of bushes, the Brahmana turned to Narasam. This is where Nityanandamuru and his friends used to enjoy grazing cows and calves, just like the Gopas of Vrindavan. Narasam pictured Nityananda roaming the area with a club or plow on his shoulder. He bowed reverently, offering silent prayers to Sri Nityanandamuru. A little further on, the guide pointed to another spot. This is where Nityananda Prabhu performed Ramlila. That boy, the old man said, trembling lightly, played the part of Lakshman with such gusto that when he was shot down in battle, it appeared he had actually left his body. His friends called him, and then his elders tried to revive him, but he remained motionless, his breath barely visible. No one could awaken him until the boy who played Hanuman in the drama realized he was supposed to bring the Himalayan herbs to rescue him. Only when the flayed herbs were brought did Nishananda Prabhu return to consciousness. The old man seemed to delight in his memories. Those boys, he laughed, were constantly absorbed in reenacting the pastimes of Krishna and Ram. Day and night, they thought of nothing else. The old man moved on, his Narasam following closely. Let me show you the house of Hadai Pandits, he said. This is where Nityananda Rai took birth. Walking swiftly from place to place, with a surprising agility, the Brahmana animatedly pointed out one pastime site after another. Here, in this courtyard, baby Nitai used to play. And over here is where his Guru uh, Karana ceremony was performed. 
this is the Vishnu temple where he worships the Lord. And this is the spot where a visiting sannyasi asked Hadai Pandit to give his son, Nityananda, in charity. Hadai Pandit was forced to agree. But when the sannyasi took Nityananda away on the road over there, Hadai Pandit fell to the ground and rolled about in anguish. Padmavati, Nityananda Prabhu's mother, wailed loudly as her son departed and fell unconscious right there. The whole town followed them as they walked down the road. They were begging the sannyasi not to take their nitai. The brahmana stopped. Turning to Naratam, whose eyes were streaming with tears, he said, Son, these places I'm showing you are beyond the grasp of even the demigods. In this village, Nityananda Roy still performs his pastimes, but only a fortunate few can see them. Saying this, the Brahmana suddenly disappeared and Naratam was left alone. Naratam looked around in confusion and shock. His guide had vanished, and despite Naratam's calls, he did not return. Naratam searched the area but found no trace of the elderly man. Devastated, he sat beneath a tree with an agitated mind. Although he tried to chant Japa to calm himself, he couldn't stop thinking about the Brahmana. Why does his disappearance cause him such distress, he wondered. I only met him a few hours ago. If he had other business to tend to, so be it. But to vanish without warning? His anxiety grew even more desperate. He felt he couldn't live if he didn't see that venerable Vaishnava again. Then, as suddenly as he had vanished, the Brahmana reappeared. In an instant, his wrinkled form transformed into a effulgent white youth dressed in brilliant blue, his hair gathered in a top knot. He carried a club and a plow, and Naratan recognized him at once as Lord Balaram. Flashing a wide smile, the Lord said, I did not intend to deceive you. You are extremely dear to me, and that is why I came to be with you. But don't tell anyone that you have seen me here. All your desires will be very be fulfilled very soon. Saying this, Lord Balam at once again disappeared. Naratam stood transfixed. For a long time, he remained rooted to the spot in a trance of ecstasy. Then, falling to the ground, he cried, overcome with love for the Lord. The following morning, Naratam left Ekachakra. Singing Lord Nityananda's glories, he proceeded towards Ketu. It's actually perfect, huh? Reading about yeah. Nityananda and Bhavaram. Wow. What a special meditation. <clears throat> okay. Verse 6 from the Nartam Prabhur Ashtaka. Stale stale yasya kripa prabhabhi krishnanya trishna jana samhata tinam nirmolita eva bhavantita smai namo namaha srila narotamaya. I respectfully offer my 
I repeatedly offer my respectful obeisances to Srila Naratam Das Thakur. Wherever he went, the splendor of his mercy eradicated people's thirst for anything other than Krishna. Chapter six, the festival, preparations. Let's see. Okay. The small bamboo craft carried Nartam swiftly across the Padmavati. Stepping onto the bank, he set out on the familiar route to Katuri. His feet striding over the ground, he knew so well. When he arrived, he found that the news of his return had already spread. Crowds of villagers rushed forward to welcome him home, and excited cries of Hari, Hari, filled the air. Nartam's parents stepped out jubilantly to greet him, and Nartam touched their feet respectfully. Oh, Naru, we're so relieved you have returned, his mother said, breathless with excitement. Please don't go away again. We can't tolerate being separated from you. You can go wherever you like, but please, Wait until we have left this world. Naratam smiled gently. Don't worry, Mata. I won't go anywhere anymore. I just wanted to see the pastime places of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now that I've done that, I won't give you any more unhappiness. I plan to stay here and do bhajan. Let's see. Sorry, I just find it easier to read from the actual book. And for some reason, the PDF isn't always aligned with the book. So, okay. All right. <clears throat> Not long after returning, Naratam received a letter from his Gurudev, Lokanath Goswami. News from Vrindavan was rare and Nartam eagerly devoured the contents of the letter as if eating a sumptuous feast. In his letter, Sri Lokanath Goswami emphasized the importance of engaging people in deity worship, and he encouraged Nartam to establish a temple in Keturi. Nartam was overjoyed to receive this instruction. It was the confirmation he needed. While on pilgrimage, he had seen devotees worshiping deities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and a desire had grown in his heart to worship the Lord in the same way. Now his feelings were being encouraged and approved by the one whose opinion mattered most. Nartam was suddenly overcome with excitement as beautiful visions filled his mind's eye. How wonderful it would be to invite Mahaprabhu's devotees from far and wide to inaugurate the temple. His heart swelled with anticipation as a plan began to unfold within. Although it had been several decades since Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had completed his manifested pastimes, his birth anniversary had never been observed in a big way. Why not use the deity installation? as an opportunity to hold a grand celebration in honor of the Lord's appearance day. Nartam's desire to bring all the Vaishnavas together intensified as he thought of the many associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
he had met while traveling. Some were barely alive due to the pain of intense separation from the Lord. How happy it would make them if they could come together for a Maha Sankirtan Yagya, just as they had done during Mahaprabhu's time. He also thought of the diversity he had observed among Mahaprabhu's followers. With many independent communities and various lineages developing in Arissa, Navadweep, and Braj, different interpretations of Mahaprabhu's message had arisen. In the absence of their Lord, some less advanced devotees had become bewildered about Advaitacharya's position. For example, while others misunderstood Sri Nityananda Prabhu's divine character in Bengal, which was, oh, sorry, forgot to move the PDF. Uh, what's, what's that word? Um, what does this mean, riff? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yeah, it means sort of like a divide between something. Okay, thank you. And, and is it pronounced riff or rife? Uh, pronounce it riff. Okay. All right, <laughs> that's the uh, the word of the day, the vocabulary. <laughs> okay, where are we? Mm -mm -mm. Mm, let me start from the top. In the absence of their Lord, some less advanced devotees had become bewildered about Advaitacharya's position. For example, while others misunderstood Sri Nityananda Prabhu's divine character, in Bengal, which was riff with shaktas, sahajiyas, and Buddhists, the populating effects of such association were sometimes visible, even in established Vaishnava communities. Nartam noted that for the Gaudiya devotees, whose worshipable deity was Mahaprabhu, it was sometimes difficult to understand the primary focus of the Vrindavan Goswamis on Radha and Krishna. Naratam saw the need to unify Mahaprabhu's devotees by linking each group to the larger tradition. He was certainly the, he was certain the devotees would benefit if they joined in a festival of glorification for Sriman Mahaprabhu. Surely this would bring happiness to each of their hearts. It would also give Naratam a chance to deliver the books and teachings of the Vrindavan Goswamis, especially to establish the Chaitanya Charitamrita as the authorized biography of Sri Chaitanya and the reference point for understanding Mahaprabhu's teachings. Convinced that all these purposes could be served by establishing deities during a huge festival, Naratam was gripped by a burning desire to make it happen. The next day, Naratam revealed his mind to King Santosh, who was, who was immediately drawn in by Naratam's enthusiasm and declared, we should hold a festival here like no one has ever seen. I will cover all the expenses, preparations for the building of the temple should begin at once. So I was just thinking about um, 
how much effort goes into preparing a festival here in the UK I guess our biggest festival is Janmashtami and it it yeah luckily it happens over the summer in August and people are usually not working and a lot of devotees actually move into the manor to just work on building all these tents every day for a whole month and then for Janmashtami around 60 to 80,000 people come which is incredible for uh for a temple outside of india and then of course in in my poor um i'm usually not aware of the effort that goes into the gopening festival because there's just a bunch of the locals running around and and putting the bamboo tents up and and it's incredible how many people show up for gopening in Mayapur every year uh i don't even know anymore i mean we have our regular like these gondolas that come plus the like hundreds of thousands of pilgrims that come through so, nowadays i i really have no clue i would say at least ten thousand more i remember um nari gopal saying the the, the last corporate name i celebrated in my pool is 2011. I remember him saying something along the lines of half a million people visiting over the period of the festival, which is a couple of days. Yeah, the visitors that come through definitely. Uh, like up until now, at least, like our Iskand devotees, we, we get between seven to 10,000, wow. depending on the year. Of course, this year, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean the pilgrims there. It's like an unbelievable amount of people that come through. Them. I don't even. I don't think they even know. I don't think they can keep track of it. That's actually insane. Like, Nartam yeah. And they feed them all. You know, it's really amazing. They have like six kitchens going all the time. <laughs> it's like, those massive like pots that you can like sit inside and like have a camp in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's insane how Nartam Das Thakur had this idea to celebrate Mahaprabhu's Gora Purnima festival in such a, um, not, lux not luxurious, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, anyway, big way. <laughs> and, uh, and then Srila Prabhupada continued that um, in, in such a, an incredible way. And to this day, the Gora Purnima festival. Yeah, Hare Krishna and Russ just had a really great comment on that. I was just saying, I was also was thinking also that if Nartam had not thought of this festival, then would we have Gorpanima as we know it? Which probably not. <laughs> yeah. And also, like Srila Prabhupada said, that he can't think small. So of Nartam, if Nartam had just said, okay, I'll install a deity, and that's it, we wouldn't have had such a beautiful pastime to read. So his dedication to the instruction of the spiritual masters was inspiring too, which, yeah, I mean, he could have just had a little festival, installed his deities, and, you know, I mean, it still would have been pretty amazing, but we, yeah, we wouldn't have had, first off, we wouldn't have had all these things cleared up, all these upper sampradayas that were springing up around Mishalana Kalu and Adoisha Chari, uh, and Adoisha Chari's sons and everything. They cleared all of this up at that festival. So, I mean, we wouldn't have had at that base to begin with, Narasimha <laughs> Stalker. And Janama Mata didn't do this. Wow. 
And and I'm thinking about the Polish tour, specifically Woodstock, how much effort goes into that as well. Oh, yeah. That's... Yatra, also feeding everyone. Yeah, there's like, last, the last Woodstock that we had, I don't I can't even remember the number it was insane. <laughs> and uh, somehow yeah we just we have Rasiatra like all day going down through thousands of people and we have our food tent which is just serving prashada almost 24 7 like <laughs> it's a massive massive effort and like our organizers I have so much respect I don't they're superhuman. <laughs> oh, okay, is it my turn, Lauren? Yes. As soon as the date for the festival was set, Narasam sent a message to Srinivasacharya. Yet after many days, he had received no reply. Naruton became anxious. Oh, actually, you know, I'm just going to correct myself for a second there. Um, earlier, with your the word rife, it's actually rife. It's rife, and it means um, something that a common occurrence or something that's widespread. Like if, so, in that case, where they were using the it's becoming widespread. I haven't received word of Srinivasacharya's whereabouts for a long time. The temple construction is underway and preparations for this festival have begun. But how can I organize this festival without his help? He has the experience to make it a success. I must reach him. At that moment, a man approached Narasam, bowed, and announced, I have come from Dejigram. Knowing this to be Srinivasacharya's preaching base, Narutam eagerly inquired, Have you seen my dear friend Srinivasacharya? Can you tell me where he is? He recently returned to Yajigram from Vrindavan, and said, I had the good fortune to have his darshan in Yajigram. He has been fully absorbed in traveling and preaching Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message. Narutam invited the visitor to sit and listened eagerly as the man described Srinivas's activities and travels. As they conversed, two messengers arrived with a letter. Amazingly, it was from Srinivasacharya. Narutam happily read it aloud. The bearers of this letter are Sridas and Gokulananda, the sons of Drija Haridas, one of Mahaprabhu's dear associates. At present, I am traveling and preaching. Yesterday, I left Kanchagaria and started to Hubri, where I will stay at Govinda Kaviraj's house for a few, few days. Since it's close to catering, I hope you can meet me there. I'm eager to see you. Narutam was ecstatic. Oh, what a wonderful morning, he exclaimed. The next day, Thakur Mahashai crossed the Pramanti with his disciples, Devidas, Kokul, and Goraka, and headed toward the town of Budri. As they approached the village, two Vaishnavas came toward them, falling on the ground to offer respects. 
We are the disciples of Srinivas Acharya, one of them said, and we have come to take you to him. Grasping Narottam's hand, the effulgent devotees ushered him down the path. Narottam was inexplicably drawn to the bright-faced devotee who was guiding him. Intrigued, he wondered. Who is this person whose touch fills me with such happiness? Just then, Narottam caught sight of Srinivas, sitting with a large group of devotees. Srinivas also saw Narottam. They rushed toward one another. Narottam bent to offer his obeisances, but Srinivas pulled him up and embraced him. At last, after such a long time, the friends were reunited. Sitting with their disciples, Srinivas and Narottam talked for hours, catching up on everything they had transpired since they last parted. Srinivas described how he had successfully copied and distributed all the Goswami's books, and how, at the request of Narahari Sakura Thakur, he had married and settled in Yajpura. Then he disclosed how later, being deeply affected by the demise of Narahari Sakura Thakur and Galadhar Das, he had decided to return to Vrindavan for a visit. Narottam listened with rapt attention as Srinivas described his recent visit to Braj. The joy of being in the Holy Dham again, the sweetness of his association with the Vrindavan Goswamis, and the ecstasy of visiting Giri Govardhan, Ranakut, and Shamkut. Narottam was also overjoyed to hear that Sri Jiva Goswami had given Srinivas some newly written books and that they were already being copied and distributed. Turning to the bright-faced devotee who had escorted Narottam to Guru, Srinivas said, This is my disciple, Ramachandra Kaviraj. He was my companion on my trip to Vrindavan. The Goswamis were so pleased with his devotional attitude that they conferred on him the title Kaviraj. This house belongs to his brother, Govinda. Ramachandra, who had barely taken his eyes off Narottam since meeting him, smiled lovingly and said, The Goswamis of Vrindavan always remember you with great affection. Sri Lokanath Goswami sent his blessings to you. Narottam's heart filled with love for his spiritual master. Grateful tears rolled down his face as he softly repeated his Guru's name. But wiping away the tears, he composed himself and began to tell Srinivas about his own pilgrimage and preaching. He explained how enthusiastically the people of Kateri had embraced Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, and that even his cousin, the king of Kateri, Sri Santosh Rai, had become his disciple. He also revealed his plans for the Gorakhanima festival. Srinivas was a little doubtful. Having personally presided over many Utsavs, I know how difficult it is to organize such an event. Are you sure you can manage? You have no experience with events on such a grand scale. Surely you'll need help. With your help, Narottam said, and he folded his hands in pranam. I've been waiting for you before setting anything in motion. I'm certainly willing to help, Srinivas said. 
But how will you get all of Mahaprabhu's associates to come? Each of them is in such a state of deep separation from the Lord that none of them travel with them. And they live all over the country. Even if we did manage to bring everyone to Ketur, how would we accommodate and cook for all of them? I have many men we can send with invitations to the Vaishnavas, Narottam said. His determination is strong as ever. I am sure the Vaishnavas will be attracted to come. The temple will soon be completed, and Santosh and his subjects are eager to offer all assistance. If you would help me organize it, and then perform the installation ceremony, we could make a wonderful festival for the Lord's pleasure. Your enthusiasm is irresistible, Srinivas said. Let's begin by drawing up the list of devotees who should be invited. The two spent glorious hours compiling a long list of exalted souls. Janavamata, Sri Advaita Acharya's sons, Sri Pandit's brothers, Pradaya Chaitanya, Raghunandana. They wrote letters in elaborate Sanskrit poetry to inform each guest about the festival. The invitation made it clear that all Mahaprabhu's devotees were invited, even if they weren't named in the letter. As evening approached, Narasam and Srinivas set aside the festival preparations to relish Kirtan. After that, the two sat alone and reminisced about the days they had spent together in Kambhava. The next morning, Srinivas Acharya told Narasam, I could hardly sleep last night thinking about all the festival arrangements. I was praying for the understanding of how to accomplish this seemingly impossible task when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu suddenly appeared in a vision. He pacified my heart, saying, Don't worry, this is my desire. I want this festival. Then he disappeared. Now I'm fully convinced that we should work on this to fulfill the Lord's desire. We must send all, out all the invitations immediately. I have already selected 15 men. I will send them in all directions to invite not only the Vaishnavas, but the kings, landowners, poets, scholars, authors, performers, and other illustrious persons. Narasam Bhim. There is so much to do and only a few months left, Srinivas said. You must return to Kateri at once. I will come to help you in a few days. Why don't you take Ramachandra with you? He will make a good assistant. Moreover, I see he is attracted to you. Accepting Srinivas's advice, Narasam left for Kateri and was delighted to have Ramachandra's company. When they arrived in Kateri, Narasam felt a fresh birth, burst of enthusiasm and vigor. Preparations for the festival were now in full swing, and every quarter of Keturi bustled with excitement. Walking through the many newly constructed houses built to accommodate his guests, Narutam checked to see that everything had been done properly. Out of deep respect for the Vaishnavas, he wanted to offer the visiting devotees the best facilities possible he didn't want anyone to feel inconvenienced in any way. Narutam noted with appreciation that Santosh had spared no expense. 
A wave of gratitude washed over Naruto. With the help of Santosh's boundless charity and Trinivasacharya's expert managerial abilities, he felt certain it would be an unforgettable festival. Walking back down the path, Naratam swept his gaze across the ornately decorated temple, gradually rising in the center of the town. The laborers had been working for months and they still swarmed the area as they struggled to complete the temple in time. The large storehouse adjoined the temple was already complete and the elaborate Kirtan Hall was almost finished too. Gardeners were bustily planting flowers and mature shrubs to create gardens around the temple complex and seeding lotus flowers into the clear water of the freshly dug bathing pond. I just wanna share a little something um, of the late um, uh, Bhakti Charu Maharaj. I, have you ever been to Ujjain temple? Yes. So um, for those that haven't been to Jane, it, it looks quite similar to the Vrindavan temple in, term, in terms of the dome. And then they also have the same deities, uh, Krishna Balaram, Gornitai, Radha Krishna. And basically Bhakti Charmaraj had set a date. This is the day when the deities are going to be installed. And it was a year away. And they were just constructing the temple around the clock. And, all the people of Ujjain are actually devotees of, of Krishna because that's where Krishna Balaram went to school, um, the Sandipani Muni Gurukul. And uh, I was in the Gurukul at the time and we were invited to do the installation. And I remember arriving like four days before the installation and there was no floor in the temple. There were no doors. There's no altar. <laughs> it was like, and, and I think our head teacher actually called um, Gurukul Maharaj and he was like, don't come, it's not gonna be ready. <laughs> and um, within those three to four days, Bhakti Charmaraj and, and all the enthusiastic devotees had laid out the marble floor. They put the, the altar there. There were devotees putting, um, what's that um, sort of like sticky gold plated thing on, on the wooden uh, frames? I forget what it's called. Gold plate, I, mean, I don't know, either gold paint or gold plate. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, they painted the ceiling with this beautiful, I think it's um, Rasalila or, or some pastime of Vrindavan. And, and it was just incredible to see all the devotees coming together and pulling this through. So I can just imagine what it was like uh, for Naratam and the devotees preparing for this festival. Yeah, probably a lot of last minute panic as well. <laughs> it's nice to know that we're not the only ones faced with these kind of mundane issues. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was just thinking also, it was interesting, you know, like uh, it was traditional back then to have, you know, um, Kirtan Hall, you know, they had the temple room and they had a separate Kirtan Hall. Even mm -hmm. the Godimats actually used to do that as well. Yeah. Um, but, with, you know, the way that Iskon developed in the West, we just combined because we only had our st small storefronts, you know, that were, became the Kirtan Hall and the temple and sort of became the thing. But I was just thinking about how Jab Takamars is always encouraging us. The dream here in Mayapur is to have 
uh, I guess Kirtan Hall, but um, a stadium, like a football size stadium for Kirtan. Because <laughs> that's the plan that he has, which would be incredible to think about it. Um, and totally doable because we get that many thousands of people that come for Kirtan and there's no space in our temple room. So if we had this like football sized stadium for Kirtan, <laughs> it would be pretty incredible. I've actually always, um, I've always dreamed of that because I used to work in central London and I used to pass the Wembley Stadium by the train every day. And sometimes during the summer, the, the trains were packed with like people going to uh, a Taylor Swift concert or One Direction, whoever was at the top of the game at the time. And, uh, and I always used to think, imagine having like Aindra Prabhu or now he's passed on, but maybe Amala Harinam singing and like 15 Murdangas playing in sync. And then just like a group of devotees and there's like 50,000 devotees chanting to like a roaring kirtan. That would be incredible. I guess a similar thing has been done in Woodstock with um, <laughs> Yeah, I, that's as close as we've gotten so far. But I, I believe in our Kirtan Stadium dream. I think it will happen. Fill it up with, you know, over 50,000, 60,000 people <laughs> who just have like a roaring Kirtan. Wow. Okay. So as Naratam walked further, Naratam saw lines of newly shaped clay Murdanga drums drying in the sun, along with piles of shiny new cartels lying nearby. Each instrument had been specially handcrafted for the Sankirtan festival. A bit further on, he stepped into the large hut where the deities were being sculpted. Naratam studied their forms and faces intently and he did as he did every day. The five sets of Radhakrishna deities were exquisite, but Naratam wasn't satisfied with the deity of Lord Chaitanya. No matter how dedicatedly the sculptors tried to follow his specifications, neither Mahaprabhu's form nor face reflected his true beauty. Disheartened, Naratam uttered, Goranga, Goranga, again and again. This was the only part of the preparation that wasn't turning out well. Here's the frustration you were talking about. Um, that night, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in Nartam's dream. My dear Nartam, he said, listen to me. You are trying to make a deity of me but it will never appear correctly because I do not intend to manifest in that form. Ooh. I have hidden myself in the golden deity in Vipradasa's storeroom because you are my dear devotee. I am blessing you with this knowledge. With an enigmatic smile, the Lord disappeared. <laughs> At this point in his life, Naratam knew better than to question the Lord's appearance or instruction in his dreams. So the following morning, after waking and finishing his oblations, he asked the villagers where he could find Vipradasa. 
saying nothing about the dream, one of the villagers said that he knew of Vipradasa, of a Vipradasa, who was a wealthy grain seller, and offered to take him to his house. Eager to be of service or even be observers of Narutam's activities, several villagers tagged behind. Vipradasa was surprised and delighted to see the famous Sadhu and his followers at his home, and he welcomed them with great respect, asking, how can I serve you? Dear sir, kindly allow me to go into your rice storeroom, Narutam replied, struggling to contain his excitement. Even the villagers were surprised at this unusual request. Surely King Santosh had provided all the grain required for the festival already. Though a little puzzled, Vipradas eagerly tried to anticipate his guest's desire and said, Dear Sadhu, um, where are we? Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> mm, I've lost myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> Dear Sadhu, it's at the bottom of what you PDF here. Okay, all right. Please don't trouble yourself. You need not personally go into any of my storerooms. I store nothing but the best quality grain and in abundance at that. Please sit here comfortably and I'll simply bring whatever you want. Naratam laughed lightly. No, it's not grains that I need. I just want to go into your rice storeroom. Vipradasa's voice was suddenly filled with an alarm. Mahashai, I am sorry, but that's not possible. The storeroom is infested with snakes. Even if anyone just comes near, they hiss loudly. I too would like to go inside at least to recover the premium quality rice, but nothing, but not even I dare to enter. Don't worry, Nartam said calmly, the snakes won't bother me. Vipradas begged the other villagers with his eyes to speak up, then fell to his knees. Please don't go inside, it's too dangerous. I hired many snake charmers to try and clear out the storage room, but they were all unsuccessful. I gave up hope of getting of ever getting rid of those snakes long ago. You know it's not a light matter for a merchant like me to surrender this precious stock. But in the name of my family's safety, I have resolved to never try and open it again. I couldn't possibly allow you to go inside. What would it what would I do if any harm came to you? I can think of nothing worse. The villagers also looked worried, but Thakur Mahashai simply laughed. Don't be afraid. You'll be relieved and happy when you see what I bring out with, my, with me. Before anyone could react, Naratam slipped through the huddle of men and walked through to the back where he could clearly identify the abandoned storeroom. Without too much endeavor, he opened the larger door and disappeared inside. Vipradas and the villagers stood motionless. Their minds raced, anticipating Narutam's shout for help and what they would do to save him. Seconds passed like hours. 
Now that Naratam was inside, they could see nothing but the open door, a gaping, a gaping black rectangle. The weight was almost intolerable. Suddenly snakes began to slither out of the door, at first one by one, then in silent urges. Ripadasa's mouth hung open. How did he do that? The villagers could only sigh with relief. Now they could see Naratam in the shadows, digging into the rice. He seemed to see something among the grains. Plunging his hands in deeply, he gently pulled out what appeared to be a large golden deity. Inside, Naratam brushed the rice polish from the exquisite form. He was a perfect image of Sriman Mahaprabhu, just as the Lord himself had promised. Naratam was overjoyed and clasped, and clasped his <laughs> and clasped him to his heart. He emerged from the doorway. The devotees could now see, could now clearly see the enchanting form within his hands, glinting in the sun. A loud cheered went up. All glories to the Thakur Mahashai, some yelled, and they gathered around to marvel the exquisite beauty of Lord Karanga. Naratam's heart overflowed with ecstasy, and he lovingly carried Lord Goranga through the town towards the huts where all the deities were stored. As he and his entourage passed by, the crowd increased, singing and dancing with joy. Jai Shri Goranga Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. I actually forgot this story, so the suspense was so much better. <laughs> I've, I've actually seen this deity, or, or I mean, they say that he's a deity. <laughs> we went there with my Guru Maharaj on Parikram uh, a few years back. Uh, it wasn't that far from my approach. Not that far from me. And he's, yeah, he's like uh, that big, sort of. Not, not huge, but like fairly, fairly weighty and quite beautiful. I wasn't close enough to tell if he was real gold or not, but <laughs> that's what they say. But yeah, we had massive kirtan and uh, yeah, one of my girl marshals, crazy, you know, like <laughs> dance until you drop kind of kirtans. Do you remember the, the location of this uh, temple? It'd be nice to find out. Um, I, I think I've visited some of the temples because uh, I think Narta made, was it three or five Radha Krishna sets? Five. In, five. Sorry? It was five. Five. I think I remember, I don't know if it's these sets of deities or a different set of deities, but it was something along the lines of... Um, uh, some deities had similar complexion of, of a face to Radhagovinda and Jaipur. Some had the chest uh, that was exactly the same. And then some had the legs. I don't know if, if this is a different set of deities, but they're very famous and they're around the Calcutta area. 
Um, I think one of them is, um, I don't know if they have like a rudder, um, I'm not sure what your, um, I know that um, Govindaji Didi, his like uh, Govindaji Gopinath and Mother Rohan, they're supposed to have the different features of Krishna. They're different, like, so Mother Rohan's feet are supposed to look like Krishna, so uh, Govindaji's torso or something, and uh, Gopinath's face is supposed to look exactly like Krishna. But for um, Narottam Das Thakur's the ones he installed, Rajamohan, Radha Rajamohan are in Vrindavan. Uh, we have gone to that temple several times. And Harikirtan Ross is saying that Indri Maharaj mentioned that Gaurami Didi is in Ganga Narayan Thakurati's temple tournament. Yes, I think so, but I don't remember where Ganga Narayan Thakurati's temple is <laughs> like on the map. I know that it wasn't that far from here because we drove there, but I. Yeah, I don't remember the exact place. <laughs> that makes sense. And um, the other thing I was thinking about, we're, we're just about to end now, but I was thinking about all the different pastimes of deities being made. Uh, Jagannath in, in Puri as Lamadov. And, and also as um, Naratam was going into the rice um, storage place, and all the snakes there, I was reminded of Jeepa Goswami explains really nicely the story of Kaliya and how when Krishna jumped in to fight with Kaliya, all the devotees were also super scared. Well, not devotees, but the, the residents of Vrindavan, they're like, oh my God, to the point where they actually died and Krishna had to bring them back to life. That was a little um, anecdote from, from Jeepa Goswami. And uh, I guess we'll find out about the Gorpuning Festival next time around. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, we get to the exciting.